Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden, and you're listening to Queer Stories. This week, Gary Lonesborough is an award-winning UN writer who grew up on the far south coast of New South Wales as part of a large and proud Aboriginal family. His debut YA novel, The Boy from the Mish, was published in 2021 and has been shortlisted for numerous awards, winning the 2022 Booktopia Fab Award for Favourite Debut Book. Gary performed this story at Blacktown Arts Centre as part of Colour Me Queer, an all-First Nations lineup curated by Stephen Lindsay Ross and hosted by Neville Williams-Boney. Gary has another story on this podcast, so be sure to go to queerstories.com.au to check it out. It was a chilly September morning. The mist lingered on the mountains beyond Bega. Grey clouds rolled overhead, and at 7 o'clock in the morning... I was wearing a Star Wars clone trooper costume, helmet and all, already three drinks in and getting tipsy quickly as I arrived at my mate's place. It was muck-up day, and as history would remember it, the last real muck-up day at Bega High School. Ten or so of us gathered at my mate's place. I was Captain Rex, for those of you who don't know, he's a clone trooper in Star Wars. Uh, A couple of the boys decided to cross-dress as female hookers, uh, miniskirts, tank tops and breast stuffings, Uh, There was a blow-up marshmallow man from Ghostbusters. There were pimps, a well-endowed Albert Einstein, and people costumed as random fruits and vegetables. Uh, The music was blaring and my mate's mum wasn't loving it at all. It's all good, we said to her. It's muck-up day. We did shots of vodka on the outdoor table, laughing with each other, amazed that we actually made it to this point, that we'd all done our high schooling. We'd finished year 12. All that was left was our HSC exams in a month's time. It's fair to say I was drunk by the time we started heading to school, just after eight. Uh, School was just a short walk up the hill, but it was a steep hill. And as we walked, the thought came to me, drunken as it was, that I was doing something my mum and dad never got to do. I was finishing year 12. I completed high school. I was setting an example for my younger siblings, for my younger cousins, for all those family members who knew my story, knew uh, what my parents and my siblings had been through. I was one of the three Koori kids graduating that year, and I'm proud to say they were my cousins too. Uh, The weight of being a role model began to dawn on me, but it was muck-up day, so it was my turn to take a break from being well-behaved. We marched in the school gates, headed to the Oval, the chaos and havoc had already begun. It turned out some of my classmates had broken into the school overnight and released a bunch of grasshoppers around the place and, and sprayed silly string everywhere. Year sevens were being chased and shot with Nerf guns and water balloons and filled with pee. Uh, fish sauce and soy sauce were sprayed around and the teachers kept telling us to behave. We did our farewell march through the quadrangle, each coming onto the stage when our names were called and shortly after the nine o'clock assembly, we were kicked out of school and ordered off the school grounds. Uh, Fueled by alcohol and in our costumes, we flooded the streets of Bega. We rode in stray trolleys uh, that were left around town, got a bite from KFC and yarned with strangers until we ended up at the pub. 
Uh, some of us were 18 by this point, but some weren't. And we were all at the pub anyway. That's when the real drinking began. Some of us blew some money on the pokies, some played pool. Uh, but mostly we just sat around and talked, still drinking, of course. Uh, it was a strange feeling, like the end of a book or the end of an era. With an extra buzz from a few more drinks, some of us walked back to school and tried to make it through the, through the gates, but we were turned away. We found a few stragglers on our way back to the pub, uh, you know, drunken classmates who had wandered off on their own and took them back with us. One of my friends fucked one of the girls in the smoker section of the pokies room. <laughs> we took photos together, we drank and drank. Uh, I went home as nightfall came. The hangover began to set in while I was still awake. And I was beginning to think about my classmates. Some of us were heading into trades, some off to uni, and some of us were staying in Bega. The small seed began to grow in my mind that I knew I wanted to be a filmmaker. And maybe I'd go to film school at some point. Uh, and I had a plan, to work for a few years, save up some money, then go to film school sometime in my 20s. Well, over the next few months, my mum passed away and I lost a close friend to suicide. And I still wanted to be a role model for my siblings, someone they can look up to and feel proud of, but those four little months were like sinking in black quicksand. It was dark and tough and testing. But the biggest thing I realised during those dark months was that life is really short and the time to do what I wanted to do was now. And that, that was the one shining light through that time was that I had a dream. So I applied to film school in Sydney and resigned from my traineeship in Aboriginal health. And at the end of January, I was at the pub again with my mates, drinking and yarn and taking photos. But this time it was a real ending. The next morning, my family and I loaded all my things into the car and drove to Nara. From there, an uncle with a Range Rover transported us to Sydney, where we unloaded my stuff at an auntie's house, where I'd be living for the next little while. I hugged my brothers and my sister and my dad, and then they left. And suddenly, I was living in Sydney on the floor of my cousin's room in a little townhouse in Redfern with an auntie and uncle I barely knew. I had, a, I had a week before my first day of film school, so I took long walks through the city to familiarise myself. I took selfies at the Opera House. I walked across the Harbour Bridge and walked back. I took a ferry to Taronga Zoo and spent a day seeing the animals. I went to the aquarium and the wax museum. I went to the cinema on George Street and watched The Wolf of Wall Street on a screen bigger than any I'd ever seen in my life. I sat at Redfern Oval and watched the Rabbitohs train and snapped some sneaky photos of Greg Inglis. I got offered ice on the street and a good time by some random woman. <laughs> I would call my dad every night and the distance from home was beginning to weigh on me. But at the same time, I was getting to know my auntie and my uncle and my cousins. We had dinner together every night and my auntie told me stories about my mum, about when she was little and, and it was beginning to feel like it was all going to work out. Finally, the first day of film school arrived. I walked the 15 minutes to the building I was quiet and shy. I kept to myself as we were ushered into what I came to know as a cinema room. I was scared and I felt out of my depth. I was beginning to think that this was all a big mistake. I should go home, back to Beagle, back to my family. I should get that traineeship back. I should, I should go back to work. But as the day went on, I made friends with two Chinese guys and eventually I was approached by a brown face who introduced herself and said, it's good to see another black fella here. It's something I've come to know well, that I always feel more comfortable in a situation if there's mob there. I got through that first day and I was excited. I was still quiet and shy, but I was following my dream. I was setting an example for my younger siblings, for those younger cousins back in Bega. 
I was doing something brave and scary, but it was something I knew I had to do. I still called my dad every night that year because homesickness is strong, but that year turned out to be one of the best years of my life. I made lifelong friends, unforgettable memories, a lot of mistakes, and I made movies. I had taken the path to Sydney and eight years and multiple share houses later, I know I made the right decision to stay here and I'm still following my dreams so that my younger siblings and my younger cousins and all those little ones coming up in bigger can follow after me. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Check out queerstories.com.au for more episodes and please follow Queer Stories on Facebook for news and event updates. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.